um, last week we started talking about what I titled learning the secret code and uh, I began to share with us by the help of the Holy Spirit that there are you know two main categories of people who hear Jesus or who claim to have a relationship with Jesus and we looked at Matthew 13 you know and I said that the first group is the group who who are sort of you know the the what I call the the crowd you know um, and they have some level of they, they, they know Jesus in a certain way you know scripture says in Matthew 11 that the crowd came you know to um, hear Jesus speak and I would say he taught them and he, I would say he spoke to them many things in parables and I was sort of giving the background that if if you were in you know Israel at that time and you were one of the people in the crowd you would you would go back home and brag that you know today I met with Jesus I, I, I sat with him and I saw him face to face and he taught and he shared so many things with us you know you would, could probably describe his hair color you know he probably was wearing a white linen let's assume you know how many of us have watched uh, Jesus of Nazareth so there's an image of some of us that you want to see the vision of Jesus the vision in your heart is the one is Jim what's the name of that guy Jim Chaviel or something <laughs> it's, the, it's the Jesus of Nazareth image that some of us wants to see you know but when after he finished speaking the scripture says the disciples came to him and said why do you speak to these people in parables you know and when Jesus answered that question you will really feel bad for those who he spoke to with parables because the answer of Jesus was some sort of a judgment these people sat beside some of them probably sat close to Jesus remember when Jesus was walking was he on the street of Capernaum what was the name of that street he was walking and people were thronging him they were so close to him they were pulling him here and there and then the woman with the issue of blood came close and she was the only one who was pressing by faith and touch Jesus. You know, every, and when Jesus asked that somebody touch me, Peter was like, Jesus, you like trouble. So look at the way all of us are literally almost stampeding you. I mean, how do you want us to start searching for who? All of us touched you, sir. That's the answer. <laughs> you know. But someone touched her, touched him rather, in a different way. Someone touched another Jesus. That was in the crowd, but no other person was touching. You know, she opened another dimension, another by the reason of an action of faith. She touched a Jesus that was in that crowd, but no other person designed and no other person touched, including the disciples. You know, and so in Matthew 13 you see these guys here and all of them listen to Jesus but when Jesus gave his own perspective he said the reason why he spoke to them you know in parable is because so that they can see and yet not perceive so, so that in hearing they will hear and not understand can you give me that verse and Cyprus came to him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? Verse 11. So he answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Verse 12. For whosoever has, now look at this verse. He said, For whosoever has, to him more will be what? Given. And he will have what? Abundance. But whoever does not have, What's going to happen to them? He said, even what he has will be what? Taken away from him. This, is, this looks very merciless. <laughs> if you are looking at it from a human point of view. Why should we give more? In fact, this doesn't fit into social justice warriors MO at all. Social justice to say that even though you worked hard for it, you have enough. 
you have more than enough we should be able to take what you have from you and take out of it and give it to somebody who doesn't have whether you want us to take it or not <laughs> amen so it's the other way but so, so God has a sense of mercy whoever has to him it will be given even more you know we'll come back to this verse but let's, let's, let me make my point verse 13 so therefore I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear nor do they what understand and in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled which says what hearing you will hear and shall not understand and seeing you will see and not perceive verse 15 for the hearts of these people have what have grown dull that is where the problem is so the heart of these people have grown dull their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them now what Jesus was describing here looked very very gory, it looked very very bad I mean it's as though these people made a determination that they were not going to respond to the word of God it was as though they had you know a premonition you know a premeditated negative impression as far as the world is concerned go back to that verse 15 and as far as the world is concerned it was as though you know as God was trying to reach them they were actively resisting that is not the issue the word they have they are he said for the hearts of these people have grown dull what does it mean it means they have lost the wonder it means they have what they've lost the wonder they've lost the awe they've lost the reverence they became familiar they became used to it they became used to it suddenly the sense of this thing is a holy, sacred thing that deserves my full attention and deserves a primary place in my heart is lost. The reverence and the priority they give to the things of the spirit, that thing has waned. That passion has waned. That sense of commitment has waned other priorities have come in and that thing of the spirit has been relegated to the background it has become something to toy with it's no longer something to give attention and worship to hallelujah and this was why god was very if you read the god of the old testament you will you would what we jump at you is as if god was ruthless you know and what was happening was because there was no there was no covering of grace let me put it that way because there was no perfect sacrifice but God had to find the way to walk with the people and he had to find the way to instill to continually instill the awe of the things of the spirit because no man should venture into into the realm of the spirit or into an adventure with God trivializing holy things it's a dangerous terrain it's a dangerous mindset to have hallelujah hallelujah so you will see instructions upon instructions you will see ordinances upon ordinances you will see commandments upon commandments just to keep the sense of responsibility and the sense of submission intact while the people draw near to God. Hallelujah. And that was why God would appear on the mountain and there was awe about him and there was the majesty and there was the wonder and there was the scary you know, display of power and all that. All that was not to brag. All that was to send a steel you know awe and reverence and fear 
in the heart of God's people. God wanted the people not to lose the place he ought to be in their lives. Hallelujah. And that was the reason why whenever they err, whenever they sin, God had to step back and then danger comes in as an instrument of correction. You know, enemies come, you know, some of them get, uh, war comes, people rise against them, you know, and then when, Bible says, when they turn back to the Lord and repent, God will raise a deliverer and all that. All that was because God wanted to keep them on a pedestal on within a system where the heavenly is accessible to them. It was a place no other people were. Hallelujah. And even the priests who were consecrated for service, you would see that they even went through a lot more drilling. And whenever they make mistakes before the presence of God and offer strange fire, you know, they get killed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Grace came and that mighty thunder expression of God became a still small voice. Became a gentle spirit. That, 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 that powerful, unapproachable light, glory and wonder of God became, you know, a still small voice, became a gentle spirit in your heart and in my heart. And because we lack spiritual understanding, we can trivialize it. Because we lack spiritual understanding, we can, we can relegate it and say, this is just mundane. Hallelujah. I remember my wife was telling me about the story of a sister who was praying, you know, about she wanted to have an encounter with God and she was praying and all that. And then one of these, God decided to answer her prayer and she had a dream. And she saw a manifestation of God. You know, when she woke up from that dream, it was 1 a.m. She ran out of her house. <laughs> As I run into her pastor's house, 1 a.m. She was shaking for days to her cause. For days she was shaking. She couldn't sleep. Every time she wanted to, you know, every time she's thinking about sleeping, and every time she remembers what she saw in that dream, and it was so vivid, and it was so, God just wanted to shake. Uh, you understand know what I'm trying to say? God just wanted to shake it, and just shake off that familiarity a little bit. This thing you are, you know, it's like when you are playing with lion. You know, you see lion, and say, lion, lion, you are hitting the head. Lion, 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 and then lion is in her. Don't let that lion manifest himself for you. Hallelujah. You know, have you seen kids, you know, take kids to, to zoo? You know, you see the videos around and then they will go and they want to put their, even though there is a glass in the video, but they want to put their hands in the mouth of a crocodile or they want to, you know, hit the lion and all those kind of things. And grace has made us come into a terrain we literally did nothing to end except to believe. And because it became, we entered it by such level of simplicity, we are at a great danger of trivializing it. And when that thing happens to us, God forbid, this is what will happen. Our hearts will do what? We go dull of hearing. Go dull. Go down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, you know, not having fellowship becomes, I'll do it tomorrow. Doesn't matter. And there are signs that, these are signs that if you see them in your life, you should cry to God with great tears. Because this is how people sleep away. Hallelujah. Is how people do what? Is how people sleep away. When the wonder becomes a mundane, when the glory becomes ordinary to you, not because it has lost its value, but because you have lost your sight. Because there is a way you behold that stuff. <laughs> Amen. And then suddenly, your heart has turned in a way that the intensity and the passion with which you used to seek him before 
is no longer there. So God has to help us. God has to help us. And when that happens, Bible says, no matter how you hear, hearing will not translate to understanding. No matter, they can share revelation that will tear this concrete into two. All you hear, mm, mm, some people, that's all. Their response starts and ends with, mm, shanda, preach it. Oh, man of God, today was powerful, man. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we are not expressive like that here, even though I wish we are. We are, look at all of us here. None of us, we're all young people under 40, you know. But I would prefer that that should not be, you know, I also don't want a response that that's where it starts and ends. (laughs) So there have been in meetings where some brothers. That's all they come to. It's as if you will wonder whether they hired them to come and just shout. Because you'll be wondering, <laughs> you'll be wondering, did this brother hear? And it's always brothers, sisters hardly do that. I don't know. It's, you will wonder that this brother hear anything in this service. Before they say, so, ah, yeah, 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 everybody's just can't. Wait, not let them even share what God wants to even say. He said, open to Matthew 13, chapter 1. Ha, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. I, I, it's not bad. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not condemning people. But I hope that is just the beginning and not the end of the re- response to the word. I hope that I, I, I drives you back also to more fellowship and more devotion and more love and more commitment. Am I making sense? Hallelujah. You know, so what am I saying? Is that we have we need to have a specific you know premeditated you know focused response to the thing of the spirit that guarantees understanding the goal is understanding somebody said the goal is understanding say it's not just own to hear say with me say it's not just to hear it is to understand say it is good to hear say it is better to understand that has always been what is in the heart of God you see why now if you look at this verse if you look at this verse even though God was describing a very negative picture here about the fact that the people are dull of hearing and so he has to speak to them in parables the fact that he is still speaking means that he is still speaking in hope that there will be a connection somewhere. Otherwise, he will not speak at all. Hallelujah. Remember that church in Revelations that Jesus said to that, if you do not repent, I will come and I will take away my candlestick. That means he will stop speaking to them. So, but these people, he he hasn't stopped speaking to them. So there is still hope in the heart of God. Everything, the purpose of, you know, when God communicates to us, what he's bringing is what? understanding and when understanding comes you are going to bear godly fruit understanding is, is what enables you to do what to bear godly fruit understanding is what provokes or what what activates fruitfulness understanding is what what activates what so you are only fruitful to the degree that you seek understanding. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? You are only fruitful to the degree that you what? You seek understanding. So, understanding is not me having the ability to explain the term. Do you get my point? Understanding is not me just having the ability. You no, know, say, okay, can somebody talk to me about the grace of God? And then for the next 30 minutes, I just keep sharing, oh, the grace of God, you know, I just say so many things. And yeah, man, this guy has the understanding of the subject. No, that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we are talking about. Am I making sense? What we are talking about is that, you know, in seeking to be fruitful, in seeking to utilize the grace of God in my life. I want to partake fully of the grace of God in my life. I am seeking understanding that unveils it to me. 
So what I'm looking for is not head knowledge. It is participatory knowledge. There are two different things. Am I making sense? There are two different things. Some of us, our educational system, if they tell you to quote all the law of motion, you will quote all three without blinking or without you know, pausing to breathe. But some of us have never demonstrated it before. He said, um, hydrogen plus oxygen gives you H2O, right? He said, um, ah, my chemistry, God have mercy. And I did well in chemistry, but I've forgotten everything now. <laughs> you know, he said, for you to make HCl, you, that's um, hydrochloric acid, right? He said, you mix hydrogen plus um, chlorine, right? Uh, one molecule of hydrogen and all that. Some of us don't have never seen what hydrogen looks like. <laughs> We've never seen what hydrogen looks like. Amen. Some of us doing our work, it was just a few of the students that was doing the titration. The rest of us, we wrote the answers that was written on the board. <laughs> or how many of you had your own personal titration? You had your own personal one. Ah, that was that's but I'm seeing some people went to good schools now. So the rest, some people, it's 30 students to one titrating bottle. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Or in fact, some schools say the teacher will say, they will go to another school, say representing to another school to copy the title title value. <laughs> Come and use it to solve. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, we have suffered in Nigeria, man. You know, in my secondary school, then um, there was a university. I won't mention the name of university because some of you that went to university will feel very offended. But they used to come to my secondary school to borrow titration whenever their own year one want to have uh, whenever their own year one want to have experiments, you know, and all that. Amen. In 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 my in do my mind, I had my own titration bottle and everything. The school really really invested in all those things. So you know, you shake the thing, you put the, the reagents there, you shake it, put the reagents, shake it. Some of us we never shaken a test two before, and we studied science and chemistry. So it's completely different. And then some people use the you know some people use the level of uh, their knowledge of fixes. They are using it to invent something. Hallelujah. They are what? They are using it to what? To invent. So somebody said, we, we, we need people to move. We need to be people to be able to move from one place to another place faster. And then there is an experience they want to come into, right? There is an innovation they want to come into. They want to push the boundaries of civilization. They want to birth something new in the earth. And they are looking at these codes and these equations and this and say, okay, these things can translate to something. All these equations and all these things on the know can translate to something. And then they began to explore it. They began to explore it. And then they began to use their knowledge of fixes to do what? To fabricate all these different equipment. And before you know it, over a period of time, the car came together. You know, the first a prototype of the car definitely didn't, doesn't look like what was outside there. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. But how many of us, have, even myself, I've never been inside a car factory before? Amen. See, the way I will explain the physics behind the car will be completely different from the way somebody who manufactured the car will explain it. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? That is what understanding does for you. That is the advantage you have in the realm of the spirit when you have spiritual understanding. You are catapulted to participate in the realm of the divine. God's heart, God's value system, God's purpose, God's will, God's precepts, everything just becomes clear to you. There is a higher order. There is a higher order that you are living by. Am I making sense? 
there is a higher there, there, there is something of eternal value and eternal consequence that is propelling you the basis of your choices the basis of your pursuits the things that are pushing you getting you out of bed every day is beyond just you know putting clothes on your body am i making sense and having you are touching something that is giving you inexplainable joy and you just want to go deeper and deeper and deeper into that you see if this is not the attitude with which you are serving god you are doing it wrong you are on this other backsliding path am i making sense am i making sense and i want to i want to be really really practical about it this evening amen your your attitude with the attitude with which you serve god has to be with the mind you know the mind of that scientist who wants to you know the laws that these cars are working with they've always existed am i making sense the materials that they used to put together this car they've always they've existed for thousands of years buried in the in the on, on the in the earth am i making sense the laws that guide the movements you know that we obey today they've been there somebody just decided to take an initiative to take a step further and use those laws and those laws today and create devices and create products and all of us today are benefiting from it hallelujah and people have been pushing and pushing and pushing the frontiers of civilization like that that is the attitude with which you should serve God there must be that constant push there must be that constant venturing into the deeper things of God you shouldn't look at the last six months of your life and look at now and feel that your comfortable things have just plateaued and stagnated and you are fine no you should call an emergency there has to be that constant push for growth there has to be that constant longing for more that is how the doors of the supernatural opens to you that's how you grow spiritually am i making sense tonight am i making sense tonight so we have to come to the place where we examine our lives and we make adjustments is my commitment on the basis of familiarity people you know people people make major decisions on the basis of familiarity people attend church because it's close to their house you know we're very strange people we're very strange people your place of work is literally a journey of a thousand miles and you don't see anything wrong with it but tell somebody that you are traveling to go to church they wonder that what's wrong with you even we ourselves we don't even put ourselves you know the, what we go through for daily living we don't do one tenth of it for the things of the spirit and that is not the way to live when i came to lagos the first thing i found was a church that was the first search before i started looking for a job was first of all the community i'm going to belong to the spiritual community where i'm going to go and i went to many i went to before i finally settled on the governing church and I said okay this is a place where i know without a shadow of doubt that my spiritual life will profit it was me making adjustment to seek understanding so that i can be fruitful and i settled that first before i settled other things so even when my comment and i've lived everywhere <laughs> well not everywhere i've lived in the extremes of lagos i've lived in the inner some of you have never been to the inner inner side of ogba when you when you enter some inner places in ogba you will think you are in iragbeji you know you think you are somewhere on the outskirts of air there in ocean state <laughs> in this lagos i've lived there 
and church was on the island and I would go every Sunday to the island church. And then when I left uh, Ogba, I went to Lakwe side. I lived in Lakwe side for a while and I would come from Lakwe side to and when my rent at Lakwe expired and I didn't have money to, to, to renew my rent, I packed my things and moved to my sister's house in Okorodu, you know, Jokoro town. There's a place called Jokoro town in Okorodu and I was living there and I was living there you know, every Sunday I would leave the house, I think 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m., to go to attend church on the island. It was that important to me. Hallelujah. If you treasure it, you make sacrifice for it. If it is not a treasure, you won't make sacrifice for it. If you are treating it with familiarity, if it is mundane, if you are only doing it when it is easy, it is not yet a treasure in your heart. It's not a treasure in your heart. And when you don't treasure the kingdom, you don't find it. If you don't treasure the kingdom, you will not find it. Hallelujah. But because God doesn't throw his God doesn't cast his pearls to the swine. So God is going to wait. He's going to beckon to you. He's going to reach out to you and test you and push you and nod you and poke at your heart and try to call your attention until you are able to say, this is a treasure worth pursuing. And we have to. We have to. We have to pursue. The kingdom must be the treasure in our hearts. Hallelujah. Kingdom must be what? Treasure in our hearts. It must be treasure in your hearts. My wife, every time anybody is traveling around us, they are relocating another. My wife always gives them that advice. When you get to where you are going, first find a church. It is, it is the most critical decision you make. It's the most important decision you make. You are going to probably change jobs. No matter how important that job is for you in the season. I mean, if you are someone like me, once I'm in a job for five months, I'm already looking for my taste buds. I'm already looking for something. No matter how much they are paying me, I'm already looking for my obvious day. You are, but boy, calm down, calm down. <laughs> calm. But, so that, that job, will, you will leave it. But your spiritual life, your relationship with God is the most important thing in this world. Even if you have nothing, as in you have literally have only one cloth on your body and you have a solid relationship with God, you are better of all men. We need to say these things to ourselves and mean it. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? And that attitude must reflect in the heart of everyone for sitting here. Otherwise, we'll just be another religious center. Where all we do every day is to hold, every week is to hold religious services, and we just know, you know, when people are, have you seen people when you people just dance around fire, just dance around fire, and then it's all fun, and then you go home, you dance around fire. No, we don't want to dance around fire, we want to enter the fire, we want to experience what is in there, we want to experience the dimensions of God. You don't want to sit down and then after 40, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, one hour, sit down. You know, as the word is coming, so some of you are, some of, not, not, not people here, I, I pray none of you is, is doing that here. So as the word is coming, you are cooking beans. Say, ah, that my beans. I just put crayfish. And then you are staring it in the spirit. I'm picturing. So I put, I put, I put pepper. Now you have tasted Word of God is coming. Taste it in the spirit. Say, ah, it needs more pepper. You know, people can wander like that. Some of you, some people in the wandering land, they have, they are a millionaire. They, they, they are just wandering in their hearts, just wandering. When real, serious, eternal counsels are being proclaimed, they've just they've wandered away. The wonder they were. Some of them are married in this in this in, in the wandering land. They have children. You know, they can even describe how their children look. Some of them, you know, they have they've, they they are climbing things. They have gone climb Kilimanjaro. You know, people just 
do all sorts of things. Our minds just play all sorts of things. You see, like I said, you see, church is that's why one of the most one of the expressions of the church that resonates with me so much is the warfare dimension of, 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 of the church. The church is a territorial governing people. Because everything is warfare. You don't know that for you to listen to the word of God and receive divine counsel is warfare. It's warfare. Some of you, even when you are praying, it's warfare. You are praying the spirit. Your mind, your mind, your mind is your mind is frying rice and frying plantain. I mean, you are praying in tongues. You are praying labor Soviet. You are praying in tongues. Your mind is turning plantain on. Or in the frying pan. It's war. And you have to bring that mind. You have to um, twist. You know when you twist the neck of your mind. And say you must be submitted to the things of the spirit. Because if you don't tame that mind. This thing we are talking. The, have grown dull of hearing. Is the result of not taming that mind. So it has to be war. You have to fight, literally fight battle for your mind. People can be in prayer for one hour, be in prayer for 30 minutes, and they have wandered away. So I've read, some of you need to, I mean, I've read Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer. It's a book I'm recommending for every one of you. Go and read it. There is such a warfare to just make this thing mundane. To make it familiar, to make it trivial and ordinary. And if we are not careful, we are going to allow ourselves to, you know, to begin to treat these things as trivial. And before you know it, the signs dissipate, the manifestations dissipate, the sense of conviction begins to dissipate you find yourself you are not as adventurous as you used to be you are not as daring as you used to be you are not as trusting as you used to be you are not as you know relying on god as you used to be in your mind another wisdom will now set in you will think you are wise but what has actually set in is foolishness is the wisdom of foolishness where you are devising schemes you know schemes and things that you can rely on in places where you used to rely on God before for some of you for some people that are not some of for some people they find man and what I mean I don't mean a male man they just find a human you know that becomes the pillar of reliance and they completely abandon God some of us comfort we love our comfort so much in the days where things were tough we will wake up in the midnight and pray now things are so good so rosy no alarm clock can wake you it's the wisdom of foolishness it's the wisdom of foolishness just like that you know rich man that his ground brought forth bountifully and he said to himself say oh now it's time to relax I have great harvest. Now let me pipe down and enjoy. And God said, You're a foolish person. He said, Tonight your soul will be required of you. Why? Because for comfort, he abandoned the prosperity of his soul in godliness and righteousness. Am I making sense this night? Am I making sense? Amen. Say, Hearing is good. Say, Understanding is better. So we must seek understanding at all times. We must seek understanding at all times. We must seek on, you must always ask questions. You must always check yourself. Scripture says in uh, Hebrews, it said, examine yourself. Whether you are what? You must always examine yourself. Give your, yourself the opportunity to be examined. Just always examine yourself. 
How many of us go back home after a Sunday service and say, do I really understand what was taught today in church? Do I really get it? Okay, if I get it, what did I get? <laughs> Amen. What did I get? Or how, you know, my wife and I, we, we have this, our response to, we have this very, it looks very basic, but it's, it's always a, a lifesaver of some sort. We always ask ourselves, Kilo Kowa. No matter the revelation that the man of God is sharing, we just say, Kilo Kowa, as in, what, what have I learned? Or what is the takeaway? Oh, the, 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 the third heaven is opening with a new dimension now, and we have to press into the knowledge of the of, of the divine and enter from one realm to the other and then from the first realm we enter love and then the second realm we enter faith and the third realm we enter hope and when we enter hope we now find divine guidance and divine guidance we look okay sir kilo kowa what is the takeaway what can i take and use of this whole in quote mighty revelation that will give me understanding and make my work better. If you can't break it down to that point and you are able to pinpoint specific actions there or specific insight or light, you don't yet have understanding. You don't have understanding. And it means that you are just paying uh, lip service. You're just here sitting down. Amen. When we were young, one of the prayers we used to pray, you know, prayers our parents taught us. He said, Let me say it in Yoruba. I'm translating it. He said, It's a very, very important prayer. Say, as the word we're hearing, your word we're hearing, as it's entering from, I don't know whether where we get the idea that it's always entering from the right ear, but let's assume it's true. As it's entering from the right ear, let it not go out from the left ear. Hallelujah. See, but the whole idea is that we want to retain the word. We want to retain the word. We want to retain it. Because the default setting is not to retain it. Your default setting, my default setting is not to retain it. It's just here. And then it just, you know the way water is just flowing over a rock if you want that water you have to dam it and channel it to your own what vineyard that's the attitude with the word that's the attitude with the word so that we will not be this set of people their experience is that they came to church they went to see Jesus Jesus was even sitting on a rocking boat. He was wearing fine linen. And he spoke eloquently. His voice was thunderous. And he has this baritone voice. But that was the end of it all. No understanding. No fruitfulness. No understanding. No fruitfulness. The Bible says that the seed that fell on the good heart. Was qualifying the good heart. It says the one who receives the word and does what and understands it and bear fruit now i said last week that we should look at the four classifications of heart not as four types but as four levels hallelujah we should look at it as what the fruit of understanding the fruit of understanding is that it will work on that heart. It will retain the word and make sure the word bears fruit. Irrespective of the challenges. Hallelujah. Do you know what I'm saying? So the good heart is a heart that was once a wayside heart. But realize that for the word to survive, I must demarcate this portion of land so that men don't walk over it again right so first level achieved he put a demarcation 
That is devotion. Somebody say devotion. That's demarcation. He put a demarcation to it. He blocked off that space for God. Demarcation. Next level. Ah, there is small soil here. But this small soil, what I'm planting on it, the root will not what? Will not grow deep. This land is cake. It has not been cultivated for a long time. That's the stony heart. So let me break the fallow ground. Let me break it. Let me break it up. Let me break it up. Then he began to dig it. Pour water. Dig. Pour water. Dig. And then he broke down the soil. Weathered the soil. <laughs> Amen. Weathered the soil. I'm going I'm to remember that teaching on strongholds. You're confronting it with the word. You're confronting. It's hard, but you keep confronting it with the word. Confronting it with the word. You shall hold that word tightly because you know that's where your salvation is. And then he did that. And then now there is a lump soil and the roots can now go deep. And then <laughs> he slept. And they woke up tomorrow morning and then saw thorns. I saw thorns. And I said last week, I said, thorns only grow in a land that has good soil, right? Thorns don't grow in deserts, except some kind of thorns. You know, um, what's the name of these ones? Is it cactus or something like that? Yeah. But if you see uh, weed, where does weed grow? If, I, if you clear your land and you don't even do anything, come back next week, everywhere is full. <laughs> Because there is nutrient there. Hallelujah. Some of the challenges and warfare you are going through is because there is divine nutrient in you. Those grace, those nutrients, God has put them there for the world to grow. But other things also will grow on it if you are not careful. Am I making sense? So what does this guy do? This guy ensures that the place constantly weed, eh? constantly removed, constantly remove all those things so that the word doesn't become choked. What chokes the word? Bible said the word, the cares of his, this life and what, sir? And the deceitfulness of which. So when that thing, seed of care of his life is planted, the guy quickly removes it. <laughs> so another seed, and the cares of life, they are with us. Am I making sense? I mean, we are here. You will always have case of this, issues with the case of this life. But the most important thing is that don't let it take over the land. Am I making sense? So if he wants to give the world room. So he's always pushing against the care of life. He's always pushing against some of those things are legitimate issues. It's constantly pushing against it. And then he's also pushing against the deceitfulness of what? Of riches. So that man shall not live by what? By bread alone, but by what? He's constantly telling himself that so that he's not putting all his energy to seeking what? To seeking riches and measuring his life by acquiring that. He's measuring his life by the word of God, by his commitment to the things of the spirit. That's the measurement of his life. Hallelujah. The day he feels that the tank is low, he's at an anat. He's not. He's not. He's, 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 he's not turning a blind eye to it. He's finding means to, to to fill up his tank again with the water of the spirit. His idea of a good day is not. I have bought this. I had no. His idea of a good day is fellowship with the spirit. That's how to keep the deceitfulness of riches at bay. And then when he's able to do all that, demarcate the land, dig deep, put, you know, tons at bay, the word, the seed, finds room to what? To grow. So, what understanding does for you? Understanding will make you work on your land so that it can grow the seed. Did you hear what I just said? Understanding will make you what? Walk on the land so that the land can water, can grow the seed. If understanding is lacking, 
even when you collect the seed level one wayside because you lack understanding they will even collect it from you <laughs> amen I hope they have not been collecting it from you <laughs> absolutely the best of the air comes and do what and eat it off I hope they have not been collecting the word of God from you the precious seeds I hope you have not allowed them to collect it from you go back and demarcate time and put devotion and engage the word again and listen to it again and meditate on it again and set it before your face again and let it be your guiding light now you are putting a demarcation hallelujah hallelujah is that clear and then after that you say this thing has to go deep <laughs> it has to go deep i cannot allow small persecution or small discomfort or small change in lifestyle or small change in career or anything just disrupts me no i must fight against anything that wants to disrupt my fellowship disrupt my value system the way i have put the kingdom first nothing must change that it is understand that is making you fight those battles when you lack understanding you will submit your treasure willingly because you can even see that they are treasures so when we are fighting some battles we're not crazy when my when god told my wife to not work for five years she wasn't crazy she wasn't crazy she wasn't spooky either she wasn't spooky she wasn't trying to be weird no she was doing what was needful for the seed of the world and it's paying off today it's paying off today but this is some of your some of you your decisions will not be as dramatic as not working for five years <laughs> am i making sense your decision will be just spend one hour daily and make sure nothing nothing encroaches on that one hour no matter how your own consecration might be every day I must listen to one message and pray 30 minutes on that message on whatever I, God, I, I hear about that message 30 minutes some of you, you will say I will do it 3 times a week not every day, 3 times a week that's your own consecration you are making you are disciplining yourself for the sake of what? understanding because you want fruitfulness because you want fruitfulness hallelujah what we are sharing with you is what we are living by every one of us have you know our own different stories but one thing is certain one thing is common you can't come to understanding or to fruitfulness when you are not paying any price for it and that is where our Christianity falls flat in this country. Because nobody, most people don't want a commitment that they pay a price for. In fact, they want to collect it free of charge. People want God to bless them. God bless them. God open door. God give me favor. God, what are you going to do for God? What are you going to say no to for purpose of the gospel? What are you going to discipline yourself about? For the for, for you know, so that you can enter into a higher glory, that's what it is all about. It's always coming back to ask God after everybody have left and say, Father God, expose this parable to us. That's what makes a good Christian. After everyone has gone, come back, Jesus. Can you show us this parable? What does it mean? We want to learn your ways. You want to learn your ways. You want to learn your ways. After Jesus spoke to a certain people, Jesus said, You follow me. He said, ah, Master, I, I want to follow you, but let me go and bury my father and my mother. What is what are you trying to bury today that is robbing you of commitment to the kingdom? I trying to ask some of us say, God, uh, uh, let me first of all blow. I, I will serve you. You know, I will serve you. 
But he said, I don't have time now. I, I have to hustle. What are you burying that is robbing of time for the things of God? What? What's that thing that you still esteem higher than the treasure of the kingdom? Let us be careful. What God has committed to us is glorious. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? It's glorious. This is life eternal. That you may know you, the what? The only true God. And Christ whom you have what? We need to unravel who Christ is. We need to know who Christ is. Christ that you may know the love of God that does what? passes that you might be filled with all the fullness of God what does it feel like I sometimes I try to imagine what does it feel like to be filled with all the fullness of God I would like to experience it <laughs> I would like to come into that place where I just let me just taste it I used to tell God I said God please taste give me a taste of this thing so that I can help my passion just the Bible says, oh, taste and see that word. God, let me taste some things. Because I know if I taste it, ah, I will pursue it. Let me see it. Open my eyes. Let me see it. I don't want to do, I don't want to do religion of dead. Am I, I, I making sense? I don't want to be familiar. I don't want to be mundane about this at all. Whatever is in this thing, let's experience it. I hope we are blessed tonight. Let's just you know, go before God and say a word of prayer. Ask God for mercy. And ask God for mercy. Israel had proximity to the covenant. But scripture says in Romans 9 that Israel, even because they thought they could seek God, they could access God by their works, have failed to. He said, yet meanwhile, the Gentiles who were not seeking God have found him. They had proximity, then it became familiar. They had, the Bible said, to Israel belongs the word, the covenants. To them belongs the mist, the oracles of God. But yet they could not enter in. They stumbled at it. It was familiar to them. They were, they were high-handed about it. They were high-handed about it. And the best of them, the best of what the, is, the, the, the Judaism could produce was the Pharisee. You had the knowledge of the Torah so much that when the Son of God is standing before you, you call him Son of Devil. What's the purpose of the knowledge you have? So much knowledge of the Torah, here you can't gaze into the divine counsels of God. You could not understand the salvation of God that has come. Yet, men who are unlettered, fishermen and tax collectors and the, you know, the low lives of the earth, they are entering to it by faith. We must never lose the wonder. We must never lose the wonder. We must, God must help our heart. God must help our heart. That we will pursue this thing and we will pursue understanding so that we can become fruitful. May we never lose the wonder. May we never lose the wonder. May we never lose. May we never lose the wonder. May we never lose. May we never lose the wonder. Oh. Why don't oh, may we be just, just like a child, staring at the beauty of Staring at the beauty of my king, say why did I miss 
sanctified. May we be just like Help our hearts, Lord Jesus. We don't want to be dull of hearing. We don't want to grow familiar. Deliver us from this trap of the enemy. Help us, O God. Help us, O God. Let these things remain holy. Let them let it remain an object of awe. Let it remain an object of awe. Let us give it everything. Let us give it everything. Let us give it reverence. Let us run after it, Lord. The beauty of May we never, may we never lose the wonder. Oh, oh. May we never lose our wonder. May we never lose our wonder. May we never lose our wonder. May I never lose my wonder. May we never lose our wonder.